This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Feels like it was yesterday, Shea Pepler. <laughs> Shea Cornette. Shea Pepler, Cornette, Shea Cornette. I'm sorry. Just, it doesn't matter, Carlin. Like, you know why? Because like I'm looking at your Twitter right it. now. I'm looking at your Twitter handle on our screen, and it still says Shea Pepler. Are you changing that, too? I got to. You know, originally I didn't change it because I thought I was going to lose my blue check, and now it just don't matter. So I Yeah, I'm not paying it. any 10 bucks for anything. Uh, forget that. You're lucky to get me to pay 10 bucks for a sandwich. Exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> No chance. Exactly. Especially if it doesn't have extra meat on that sandwich. I'm with you. Forget <laughs> it, man. No way. So now I can't actually change it. It's confusing. But don't stress about it. I feel like you've been stressing about the last name thing from the beginning. It's all good. Just roll with because Shay, too. here's the thing, Shay. I'm an idiot, and I know it. <laughs> so, so am I, Carlin, I, and I know I, it, too. It's fine. When I try to make the conscious effort to get something right, and I continually screw it up, well, that just disappoints me a little bit more. And I didn't know that that was possible. It's okay. It's it's fine. We're all idiots on the show together. It's no big deal. You can't mess it up. You've already messed it up like a hundred times anyway. So just roll with either one. It doesn't matter. It's Shea Cornette in for Canty, <laughs> Chris Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We've talked a lot today about super teams, the concept, and why it does not work. We've also talked about Draymond Green, and he, in case you missed it, opted out of his contract with the Warriors uh, yesterday, had a $27.5 million player option for next year, but that doesn't necessarily change what the plans are for him. When you listen to what Woj has had to say, when you listen to what Brian Windhorst has to say, especially here, he may not be going anywhere. I think he's going to stay a warrior. Exactly. I mean, I wouldn't guarantee it because, um, you know, you got to hash out the money. I don't see how they're not going to be able to, they're not going to, they're going to be able to do it unless they can get Draymond and Clay to consider taking pay cuts. And so Draymond would opt out of 27, maybe take a reduction, and they would give him some years where he could get his guarantee up. I don't see how they're going to do it any other way. You know, maybe if Draymond is willing to do that, and if he does, then I think we'll see what happens with Clay. But um, the, the amount of money is just staggering. If they're going to give him a three- or four-year deal, Shay, mm-hmm. I, I get it. I I get wanting to bring him back, mm-hmm. but I can't imagine giving Draymond Green at this juncture of his career a four-year, $100 million deal, even though no. uh, the Warriors clearly have never cared about the salary cap. No, I, I couldn't imagine it either. I mean, he's got time on one side and also I don't know that he's worth that much money um, I do think he is a valuable asset to the Warriors organization though and so it sounds like in hearing from Woj and then obviously Wendy too like to me it feels like it's a surefire thing that he's going to be back on the Warriors next season now if he did not take his player option and obviously he wants to test the waters and just see maybe what his value is a little bit here because according to him and his agent Rich Paul there are you know, callers and people that want are interested in Draymond Green. I don't think he's going to take less money. That doesn't seem like that would be an option if this is the route that he's going. But then again, he's also made comments about wanting to stay out West and stay with Golden State. And so then maybe he would consider it if they can keep the band together. I know this. Draymond and what he does to me doesn't fit anywhere else. Um, He is a part of that organization for the good and for the bad, for the aggressiveness, for what he does on the defensive end of the floor, for the bully kind of that he is sometimes. Um, 
against other teams, and he just to, doesn't work anywhere else. And I don't think he's the elevated version of Draymond anywhere else either. So to me, for him and for Golden State, they need to find a way to make this work. If you're another team and you're hoping to bring Draymond in to be a veteran leader and a guy that's going to do all the dirty work for you and to fit him into your culture, I, I just I, I think you're barking up the wrong tree here because Draymond, I think we can all agree, has been a player that in his career uh, is at his best when he is instigating, when he is playing strong defense, when he is rebounding, and when he is uh, initiating the offense, which I think is something Mm -hmm. that probably doesn't get enough attention for him. Mm -hmm. I don't know that anywhere else can take on the personality of a Draymond Green right now than the way he fits with Steph Curry and Clay and the Warriors, I'm good with them taking one last run at it this year as presently constituted. Same. But like a year from now, as we heard Wendy talking about, you're going to, I don't know if you're going to re-sign Clay or not. I can't do that. Not not with what he is anymore. Well, and worry about that, that in a year, too. The question is, what are you doing with Jordan Poole, too? Because he had a terrible postseason. Oh, and then there's, I mean, I know we want to put this in the past, but they're there was a little something there, too, I think, this year with Draymond and Jordan, and, and maybe that was or wasn't all the way worked out. But that's well, they also said that, a you know, they, Steve Kerr says at the end of the year, yeah, by the way, that screwed up our chemistry all year. <laughs> After all year, he said, no, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I think that was obvious to all of us, too. But it felt like Andrew Wiggins and Jordan Poole, like these guys were supposed to be kind of the next version of of Clay and of Steph and Draymond, too. Like they were supposed to be the next wave. And it's not really working out that way. And so I don't know if it's the disconnect in terms of chemistry or what is going on there. But that should be my first order of business. And Draymond should be at the front of that. I also will say this, like Draymond and his podcast and him speaking out and doing all the things like that's accepted because of the organization he's been accepted is the wrong word, but I feel like the fan base of maybe is accepted that because of the organization he's been with and the loyalty that they have to him. He goes somewhere else. I don't know, New York or something. And not that I think he's going there, but he's going on his podcast after a bad loss. I feel like they would, they would, just be disgusted with that. They wouldn't be able to handle it. It would be talked about everywhere. It's a different kind of understanding because he's kind of grew up there with that fan base. And so I think that is the absolute best place for him because of all that he is to the Golden State Warriors. Look, if you want to bring him in somewhere else, you better be careful and you better be damn sure about what you're doing. And you better feel like he's the only guy that can come in and do the job. Now, for Golden State... I don't know how much longer we can talk about them being legitimate championship contenders, which is why I was a little bit surprised to hear this from Kendrick Perkins this morning on Get Up. Of course, Perk, ESPN NBA analyst. Me evaluating the Golden State Warriors now, the core group is actually Steph, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. I believe that the Warriors need to do everything in their power to re- to make sure that they come to agreement to to keep Draymond Green. And if, honestly, I'm not I'm not pushing the line to cl- keep Clay Thompson. Long as I have Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Andrew Wiggins, I could fill in the blanks from there. I love Andrew Wiggins as a player. I'm not ready to necessarily put him on that level. No, me either. Me either. You gotta go. And we don't need to right now. Like, we can deal with Clay Thompson in a year. Like, let them figure it. Like, why are we trying to blow the whole thing up right now? Like, let's just get everyone back and get organized here because this wasn't long ago. We all have recency bias, but it wasn't long ago that we thought after the series that they had with the Kings that Golden State 
could compete in a championship and run it back yet again. So I, I feel like we have this recency bias because of, well, obviously what we just watched with the Heat and with the Nuggets. But, I mean, Golden State was right in this conversation just a month ago, it feels like. So let's not blow this whole thing up prematurely. No, and if you do, um, I, I just I think you need to be realistic about the situation. That's all. Mm-hmm. I don't, blow it up prematurely? No. Be realistic about what it is and where you're headed? I, I understand how much money they've made, but be careful. Mm-hmm. Be careful if you're going to look to stretch it out. It's Kenty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and on Sirius XM Channel 80. We've also had a, a lot of discussions uh, around other NBA issues, in, including the move that was made in Bradley Beal getting sipped, uh, shipped to the Phoenix Suns and turning that team into a, quote, super team, so to speak. And really why, when you look at the concept, for the last 10 to 15 years, it's only happened where it's truly worked once. And let's define what that is, first of all, Shay. It is a team that is assembled together by free agency or by a trade that puts three superstar players in the same place. And when we look at the teams that have done it, we look at the Miami Heat, which you know people want to say started it really started it uh, started in 08 with the Boston Celtics it worked yes. for them yeah it worked for the Miami Heat with the second greatest player maybe the greatest player of all time other than that I don't really know that I would say it has worked in building a super team because I I personally I think the Golden State Warriors would have won those two championships even without Kevin Durant considering they won two without him as it is well, and I guess if we're co- constituting it as three players that we're bringing in via free agency, like then we can't even count the Phoenix Suns because they only brought in Durant and now Beal. And I don't even know that we can count Beal yet because we don't even know what he is coming off well, of all the Well, but I mean, you're, you're, I should clarify it a little bit more. Okay. You're bringing in those two guys to play with Devin Booker. This, yes. this would qualify as trying to build a super team, team to me. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, I, I, I agree with you in the fact that I don't think they work. However... Carlin, I will say this. We have a kind of a small sample size of of this trying to be assembled. And I will say, the Celtics worked. Miami worked. The Nets didn't work. The verdict's out still on what's going to happen with Phoenix. Where else have we seen this that we could even throw into this experiment? Because, I mean, the Clippers, do they count? No, because everyone's been hurt. They haven't even had a chance to try and compete. And I don't know that I'd constitute that as a super team because you only have – Paul George and Kawhi Uh, the situation that's going on in Philadelphia with James Harden and Joel Embiid I wouldn't constitute as a super team because there's only two guys and already that looks to be a bit of a disaster and then I mean where else could we even look Anthony Davis and LeBron there was only two of them and they want to chip in the bubble so to me there hasn't been a huge sample size of super teams that have worked or not worked two have one have not 888-729-3776 do super teams work We want to hear from you on the Canty and Carlin call-in line on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive can help protect your home, auto, boat, motorcycle, ATV, RV, and more. And if it wasn't mentioned, what you had in mind, we'll find out if it can be covered at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE because it probably can be. We'll always look forward to talking to this guy because he knows these prospects inside and out. He is Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN NBA draft analyst, joining us. Uh, Jonathan, Chris Carlin, Shea Cornett. 
uh, here on ESPN Radio. We appreciate the time. And listen, all the talk is about Victor Webb and Yama. Let's just start here. Is the hype all worth it? Is it really, truly somebody that has the potential to live up to the hype? Oh, there's no question about it. Victor Wimbanyama is the best process we've seen in the last 20 years. Uh, you know, we've just never seen a player in his mold, seven foot five, eight foot wingspan, that type of mobility, fluidity, skill level, the feel for the game, the instincts, the ability to create his own shot, to grab our defensive rebound and ignite the break, to pass off a live dribble, to make, you know, pull up threes, step back threes, spot up threes. And then on top of that, his best trait is his defense. I mean, he is going to be – he's going to have an incredible impact on that on the floor. He's an anchor defensively. It's really hard to score over him with that eight-foot wingspan. Uh, and then he can switch on to pick and rolls, and he recovers to protect the rim. Uh, he's just got wonderful instincts. I mean, the game – he just is one step ahead of the game at all times. And, and the scary part for, you know, 29 other teams not named San Antonio is that – He's 19 years old. He's only 227 pounds. His frame is going to keep filling out. He's going to, you know, be able to handle a greater level of physicality. And so, I mean, when he gets to 240, 245, you know, when he's in his mid-20s, there's a chance that this guy is completely unstoppable. So we don't have to wait long on Thursday night, Jonathan, for things to get interesting because now the question becomes who goes after Webb and Yama? Who goes number two to Charlotte? Who do you think is the best fit there? As of right now, I would say Brandon Miller. That's been my, uh, let's say, educated guess since the moment that the lottery balls dropped and Charlotte got the number two pick. You know, all the indications we've gotten was they were really, really fond of Brandon Miller. They were at, you know, his probably his best game of the season, South Carolina. Uh, they, you know, they were at some not very impressive Scoot Henderson games, which I actually attended myself and sat next to them and kind of. And that, you know, just the fit between Henderson and LaMelo isn't as seamless as, you know, a Brandon Miller who is a real wing, uh, you know, and just so easy to plug that guy into your roster. He can play on the ball, off the ball, he can guard multiple positions. He can make shots over smaller defenders. He can step into spot-up threes. He can pass out a pick-and-roll. I mean, it's those are the type of players that every team in the NBA is looking for. And uh, I think Brandon Miller is, you know, after a kind of a shaky first workout in Charlotte, they brought him back for a second time to work out in front of Michael Jordan. And it sounded like he did what he needed to do a lot more in order to ultimately be the pick. I mean, there's two days left. Anything can happen still. But I would bet that it's Brandon Miller at this stage. Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN NBA draft analyst, joining us. For those who have not had a chance to see Scoot Henderson play because he's been in the G League uh, for the last year, what is he? Scoot Henderson is a six foot three bowling ball of a point guard, incredibly expo- explosive, chiseled frame, long arms, really difficult to contain in the open court. He changes speeds ferociously finishes above the rim has shown some very impressive flashes of passing off a live dribble um, shot making ability in the mid-range when he's engaged he can really really defend he's gotten himself into absolute elite condition in this pre-draft process he's a very very focused young man and he's been on a mission here to just show NBA teams that you know not only should he be the number two pick in the draft but that they're going to end up regretting not 
him not being the number one pick. That's been his claim all along that he's better than Victor. And, uh, you know, he has his chip on his shoulder to prove that. And listen, you know, those type of guards in today's NBA, I mean, everybody's looking for them. You know, if you think Donovan Mitchell, you think Derrick Rose in his prime, you think a, a John Morant type, but with a better body, you know, maybe not quite the level of passing ability as Morant. But, you know, those type of guys that you can't stay in front of, that can live inside the paint, you know, and, and, and pass on the move, that's what the NBA game is built around, you know, and he's going to be an 82-game player, and there's a lot to be said for that. Look, Jonathan, it feels like whenever we have a draft, the week of players tend to climb boards, certain ones. Is there a player that you could look at right now that maybe is slotted to go somewhere or you had a natural instinct that you thought they would go there that feels like they're slowly starting to creep up the board before Thursday? Yeah, so there's a couple of guys that have been real climbers in this pre-draft process. Um, uh, one of them is Brandon Podzimski from Santa Clara. Six foot five combo guard, forty five percent three point shooter, has an elite feel for the game and, and, and great toughness. He started this process in the second round. He was actually only testing the waters initially, he wasn't sure if he would maybe go back to school or not. Had a, had an outstanding showing at the NBA Combine and has just been on a tear since in the workout process. And that culminated today in him receiving an invite to the NBA draft green room. He's one of twenty five players that are invited to attend that with you know his family, which is a very good sign for his draft stock. That means he has a very, very good chance to go in the first round. The NBA goes to great lengths to ensure that players aren't sitting there in that green room in the second round. And Olivier Maxine's Prosper is another one who has also received an invite to the green room, also was testing the waters. He's a Marquette forward, six foot eight, one of the hardest playing players in this draft, and really impressed NBA teams with the improved shooting that he's displayed in workouts, his defensive versatility, his energy. Every NBA team is looking for like a six eight guy that you can sick on point guards, but he can also, you know, rebound like a power forward. So those are two guys that you know, or perhaps slated to be picked in the second round, but now are finding themselves firmly in the first round, you know, entering uh, Thursday. Jonathan Gavoni, ESPN NBA draft analyst. Last one for me, Jonathan, and it's more of a hypothetical. We talked to Woj yesterday, and the story last week around Zion Williamson was that potentially the Pelicans wanted to get into the top three and they would entertain uh, trading Zion if that meant uh, that they could. If you were at the second or third pick right now, uh, Woj indicated yesterday you didn't think Zion Williamson would get you into the top three. If you were either the Hornets or the Trailblazers, would you be willing to trade that pick away and still bank on the talent of Zion Williamson? I would really have to take a hard look at the medicals. I mean, that's I'm not a doctor, so it's hard for me to make that evaluation, mm-hmm. but Zion Williamson at his peak is easily a top five player in the NBA. I mean, he, I, when coming out of the draft, when he was in leaving Duke, I thought Zion Williamson was going to be a Hall of Famer. I mean, I, he has that type of explosiveness, uh, that type, you know, the scoring instincts, the passing ability, you know, he, he played so hard in college. And so, and when he's been on the floor, he's been incredible. I mean, he's, he's clearly one of the best players in the league. The problem is that he's just never, he's never available. And so, if I'm making that trade, if I'm Charlotte or Portland, I want to have a better sense for how many games am I going to get out of this guy and, and where is his level of focus going to be? You know, sometimes teams allow um, other teams to, like, interview players, talk to them, kind of see where their head is at. You know, are, see, are you interested in being in Charlotte? Are you interested in being in Portland? 
you know, he's from South Carolina, so maybe that could be appealing to him, you know, being closer to home in Charlotte. I don't know, but I don't. So I don't have the, a great answer for you, but mm-hmm. um, I, I'm not sure that you, there's a better talent of you know in the in this draft class, uh, excluding Victor Wembanyama, than Zion Williamson. Yeah, that's a great answer. We appreciate it. Jonathan, And we know it's a busy couple of days for you. We appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thank you. Jonathan Cavoni, ESPN NBA draft analyst. This guy scours the globe. He sees Legit everybody. The globe. The globe. <laughs> it is amazing, and he sees everybody, and he knows these prospects inside and out. It is Shea Cornette, Chris Carlin. Shea's in for Canty Today, ESPN Radio, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Up next, one of the real good veteran defensive backs in the league for the last several years is going to join us in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Oh, well, man, thank you for having me. We appreciate it. And let's start with a couple of the stories of the day. Number one, DeAndre Hopkins. Where is the best fit for DeAndre Hopkins? And at this juncture of his career, how much of a difference maker can he still be? I think he has a chance to still be an extremely big contributor to a team. Uh, I would say, I don't know if he's going to be like the, the best number one, but he'll be a number two receiver for sure on your team. And if you have a number two at D-Hop, you're not doing too bad at all. So I would look at teams like, I, I, like, I like the Chargers. Um, I like the Cowboys. Um, they didn't have like Gallup because I just don't know about his injury situation. And if they really want to make a push, I think that he will help out that receiver room tremendously with CD. Joe, let's go to another hot-button topic in terms of a player that could definitely add value instantly, and that would be Dalvin Cook. Now, that's obviously a running back position, but what kind of value do you think he can bring to an organization? Is there a team that you think would fit uh, Dalvin Cook in nicely? Um, I think that him being able to get that surgery 
and being able to really kind of take some time to get his body right and get all the way together. I think he's 100%. And if he's 100%, he's one of the top five five running backs in the NFL. I think he help out a lot of a lot of teams. But I think the one again is the the Cowboys for me are the the the, the team that I feel like since they got rid of Zeke and then they have Tony Pollard with Pollard and um, with Pollard and Cooks. I think that would be a great uh, one two punch. Joe Hayden, he, of course, uh, hanging out with us on ESPN today, ESPN NFL analyst, the former uh, All-Pro corner, joining us, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette is in for Canty today. Uh, Joe, when you look at the AFC East, it is hard to imagine that we are at a point where the New England Patriots aren't talked enough or aren't talked about very much when it comes to that division. Are you of the mindset at this point that, betting against what the Patriots have is a good idea or not? I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not, I'm, I'm betting against them. Um, I just don't, I feel like at the end of the day, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, it was, a, it, they were working together. It was some unbelievable stuff that I don't know. We'll see again until basically like Patrick Mahomes, hopefully his career continues to do like that. But I like, I mean, I like Miami. Um, more than more than uh, New, more than New England right now. I think that they have legitimate balls coming there with the defense is going to be amazing. Then another year with a uh, two of standing up upright on his feet, being able to I think he can get 16 in this year. Uh, I think that they have the Miami Dolphins are better than the than the Patriots for sure. Joe, let's stay in the AFC, but let's go to a division that you're very familiar with, and that would be the AFC North, considering you play for both the Steelers and the Browns. And a very competitive division, and probably more so even this year, outside of the Bengals, because I think we all know what the Bengals are capable of. What other team, so, you know, Steelers, Browns, throw the Ravens in there, do you think can compete with the Bengals at being at the top of the division? Um, I would say, honestly, if, if – Depending on what the Steelers do, I, I I like the Steelers. I like what they have around them. I like their defense. I love their defense, actually. Um, I think with Patrick Peterson coming there, um, with T.J. Watt coming back healthy, with Alex Highsmith, with Cam Hayward, I think that defense is going to be able to be elite, and I think that's going to be able to help out the offense. With Kenny being able to have his second year um, comfortable, knowing he's going to be the starter, um, George Pickens, uh, um, Deontay, um, and then uh, – fire move at the tight end position I think we're talented enough too I think we got some new offensive linemen on the line to be able to keep him upright and then um, he doesn't have to do too much just hand it off to Najee if things get bad hand it off to Najee so I'm thinking that the Steelers honestly um, have have a really good chance to be the best team in the division Joe Hayden hanging out as an ESPN NFL analyst for the day all right I can't let you go without whenever you talk to corners it strikes me that corners are among those who are going to have the best stories and the best uh, ability to tell you who the best trash talkers are. What is your best? Oh, yeah. uh, what is your best trash talking story from across the line of scrimmage? Who was it, and what did they say? If you can on terrestrial radio. <laughs> oh yeah, this is, it. It won't be able to be talked across. Um, <laughs> it'll go across the radio airwaves. But I would say the biggest trash talker that I ever faced was Steve Smith, by far. <laughs> by far, like not even Steve close. But not even close. The, the second one was Michael Crabtree, and that was back in the day when he was with the 49ers. We had mm-hmm. we had a nice, nice little battle. But Steve Smith is the guy that he will talk crazy to your entire defense the entire game. <laughs> 
Is Steve Smith one of those guys that you'd look at and say, did he really just say that? Did he maybe <laughs> just go a little bit too far? No, I'm, I'm literally like, does he really want to fight? I think he wants to fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one, though. Was there ever one that just made you flat-out laugh? Like, you just had to chuckle with how good it was. I think it's ma- mainly when we have dudes from our team. I say Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hayward. They're hilarious because they just I, – I don't think they even – when this trash talk out there, you're in the heat of battle, they're so tired that I don't even think that they know what they're saying to each other. So, they be like, man, and I'll just be like, yo, yo why are y'all even yelling at each other? You can't breathe. <laughs> That's awesome just stuff. Take a quick breather. <laughs> Joe, great stuff, man. We appreciate a couple of minutes. Good job today. Oh, man, thank you so much. Y'all have a good time. Joe Hayden, ESPN NFL analyst, saw him on NFL Live just a little while ago. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Shea Cornette is in for Canty. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We have more of an opportunity to get your calls in on the topic of the day, which has been super teams. Do they work? The answer is no, but if I'm wrong, tell us why. Uh, Shade seems to believe, uh, believe the same as I do at 888-SAY-ESPN. And Shay uh, <laughs> took yes. some tips on her lunch from something that went viral. And I'm not sure why a salad would go viral, but we'll find out in moments. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Free agency not too far away. The NBA draft is, what, about a little more than 48 hours away. Yeah. And you're going to get more and more of the rumors that pop up. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. She is Shea Cornette in for Canty today. We have talked an awful lot today about super teams, and people have wanted to chime in on this all day. The fact that the concept just doesn't work. Let's get to these calls that have been waiting and patient uh, Shay, how about Evan up first on ESPN Radio? Evan, what do you got, dude? Afternoon, Shay. Afternoon, Chris. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to bring up a lot of people forget about the Cavs, that they were actually a super team. They drafted Kyrie, and then LeBron went back, back as a free agent, and then they traded for Kevin Love. I mean, they ended up going to four straight finals and winning one, but everybody seems to – to dismiss them as a super team as well. I think it's a little bit different scenario, and it's not even dismissing it. You're getting LeBron James in his prime. I mean, Shay, do you have him as the greatest player of all time or second? I'm assuming being Carlin, from Chicago. I'm from Chicago. Yeah, yeah don't, you have him Don't second. insult me with that. Yes, of course. <laughs> kind of but that's the point, is that it's worked with the second greatest player of all time. Other than that, what are we talking about? Right. Uh, the end. Next. Yeah. <laughs> How about Brian up next in Connecticut on ESPN Radio? Brian, what do you think? Hey, Shay. Hey, Chris. Thanks for uh, taking the call. Uh, simple opinion. I think it's the paradigm that has to change in terms of super teams and getting them selected. I think it's got to be a strong head coach situation, and I think you've got to take either your premier player or whatever the combination of players is, get them in a room and get them on a court, and take that opportunity to see if chemistry actually exists. Because right now, you know, the interview process or whatever the case is, it's guys trying to play with their buddies. And much like 
my kid in the back seat, they just like to interrupt each other all the time. So <laughs> that's my two cents. You know, it's funny because I feel like, Carlin, sometimes at, like, all-star games, like, we can kind of see the writing on the wall. Like, there's flirtation, if you will, going on amongst players. Like, I, I felt like we saw it between, like, Steph and LeBron, and then there was curiosity with that for a little little bit of time. But obviously that never came to fruition. But I, my point is, is that's really the only time these players, if it's maybe maybe Team USA and then the all-star break. Like, these are the only time these players kind of get to dabble in the waters with other superstars. And so he brings up a good point. Like, maybe there needs to be part of the interview process is like, yo, I, and I guess I'm not in enough to know if this even happens. I would doubt. I don't. I think it's tampering if it does. But maybe you need to bring these superstars over and see how it goes for a week in practice or something. Have some sort of tryout. I know it's silly to say when you're talking about legends like Kevin Durant or all. You know, but it is a good point. Like why? Why don't they do that instead of just trial and error and giving so much money away? Yeah. Listen, I get it. It's just you're never going to get those guys to agree to do it. No. I, I just never see that being a, a true possibility in it. it. It just amazes me, though, Shay, that when we just saw what happened, who the two teams were that were playing for a championship this year, mm-hmm. that somehow, if you're Matt Ishbia, you think the only way to go and get there uh, after you already got Durant was to go and get somebody that has been banged up quite a bit yeah. and has regarded uh, one of the worst contracts in the NBA, if not the worst. Yeah, and, and especially, in, yeah, you, you just brought over a massive contract for question marks, which stinks. Um, everyone might be buddies and everyone might get along, but what will that actually equate to on the court? I have no idea. They're a little hot, little top-heavy there in Phoenix. I, I'm Listen, I'm still disappointed that we haven't gotten to it yet, but trust me, we're going to get to the fact that Shay today had what she called a viral salad <laughs> for lunch. I myself have never believed that a salad deserves to go viral for anything. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.